You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. Today I am joined by a new friend, Gerald. I'm so excited for you to meet Gerald because he is his business model is one that I think I'm going to be pretty familiar with, although we'll see because we're just meeting for the first time. Um, but from what I gather, Gerald is a speaker and a consultant, uh, obviously something that I've spent my entire career learning about and studying and doing myself. Um, and so, um, I'm looking forward to to getting to know him and uh, for you to get for you to get to know him and for us to have just a good chat. So, Gerald, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your and your business, Gerald. Well, my business, I really actually have two businesses. One is the consulting business. And I had an investment last year with a company called Turnberry Solutions, which now my company, uh, Principles of Execution, is is being uh, managed as Turnberry Premier. And we provide consulting services to major Fortune 500 companies and federal and state government agencies. And I also have a speaking business, as well as, I would say, the other part of my business I call the uh, Productivity Intelligence Institute. Uh, and I basically have my books, which I'm an author of two books, um, music, I'm a, class, a jazz and classical bass player, and I speak and, um, and, and share content. And I also have a, an online magazine that I've created called Productivity Intelligence. And so basically my focus is helping companies to learn to do more and uh, accomplish more every day using the principles of productivity, neuroscience, music, and workplace culture. Interesting. Interesting. So how long have you been like uh, writing and speaking? I've been writing and speaking and really it started based on my consulting for over 20 plus years. Okay. Um, So you started as a consultant. What order did it go in? Did you start as a consultant and then a speaker and then an author? Well, it went consulting and and then um, speaking and then author. But prior to that, I went to college for music. Uh, after music, I performed uh, professionally for a while, but I also did some ministry work. So I spoke quite a bit on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And then I went went back into, consul- went into consulting and then I leveraged the speaking that I had learned about uh, in the ministry to speak to uh, my clients with uh, about my my craft and skill and joining the Microsoft Project user group and speaking about my, my craft. And then that's when the authoring came in. Uh huh. What's the and, and the Microsoft Project User Group? What what is what is that? Okay, so basically, um, one one of the things that I'm an expert in is Microsoft Project, the scheduling tool that that Microsoft built. 
Mm. Um, and one of the things I did besides, you know, taking certifications and reading a lot of books was I joined the Microsoft Project User Group. And about a year or two after I joined, I became the president of the chapter in the Washington, D.C. area. I was, I was mm. the president of the chapter for about nine years in the Washington, Baltimore, Northern Virginia area where, you know, when you're uh, focused on an area of your craft and you join an association and get involved in the leadership of that association, you get to meet a lot of people who are at the top of their game, which then they help you to rise to the top of your game and become one of the experts. And so that was my way of becoming an expert also by uh, speaking. I saw I ended up doing a lot of uh, talks so sharing a lot of information and, and insights about the tool and just kind of building a speaking platform from there. Okay, so you got so you have a di- a deep expertise in the in the actual Microsoft Project tool, right? Um, and in and, consulting and project management, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's your question for the success line? Well, so one of the things that I'm working on right now with my new company, Productivity Intelligence, is building an online magazine, right? Okay. And um, and but I'm also I have other websites like GeraldJLeonard.com, uh, my the online magazine, my my new books website, product, uh, WorkplaceJazz.com, and I'm basically trying to drive traffic. I'm writing a lot of articles for Productivity Intelligence and trying to drive traffic to and marketing some of my my tools and skills and things. Uh, through that mag, through that online magazine to my websites. So I just wanted to, I thought it'd be great to get pick your brain and get some really good advice about driving traffic of an online magazine um, site to your products and services and, and also training courses. Mm-hmm. So how many websites do you have right now? Right now, there are five. Okay. And so, uh- yes. Okay. And so you kind of have like, so you have one for consulting, you got one for speaking, you have one for uh, like one, the products. I have two for two for books, two for that are related to my books. And then one that's a, a new one that is, I'd say started uh, last year around August. It was the Productivity Intelligence uh, website. And initially, I was writing two articles a week. Now I'm just writing one article a week. But there are between eight to nine hundred word articles that are based on, like I said, productivity, neuroscience, and workplace culture, and just the different aspects of what I would call the um, the you know productivity life, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Yeah. And so you got two for your books. You got one for productivity intelligence. So you said there's five. So do you have? And then you have. You must have one for consulting. Yes, there's one for the consulting. That's TurnberryPremier.com. Okay. And then do you have an, a separate one for speaking? Yeah, GeraldJLeonard.com. Okay, separate one for speaking. Okay. Um, so um, one question I'd, 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 I'd wonder about is, uh, have you thought about putting all of those together underneath one roof? Like underneath one site? Uh, I... Not really, because they they tend to they're focused on something different. Um, what I would say for the uh, the Turnberry Premier, my consulting site, that's really gauged towards my consulting business. And now, you know, now that I'm 51 percent owner of that company, I have another group that's a part of that. So I wanted to keep that very separate to what I'm doing with productivity or Gerald J. Leonard or my or my w- websites for my books. Now, if you go to GeraldJLeonard.com, it has most of those things Connect it so that, in other words, you can basically find any of those sites from that one site. So I kind of use Gerald J. Leonard as the driving force there 
but I'm really trying to launch the productivity site as an online magazine more or less than more than anything else right now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So a couple of things here. I mean, wh- one of our big f- philosophies is that if you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. And I think this is a very, very true when it comes to websites. So when you look at traffic, okay, a huge, there, you know, traffic basically comes from free sources and paid yeah. sources. Paid sources is the only guaranteed way to drive traffic is to pay for it. So if we're not, you know, that's a conversation about uh, there's de- different mechanisms to, to pay and buy traffic. But if we're having the free traffic conversation, of course, a huge part of that is SEO, search engine optimization, right. which is based on site authority. And there's a number of, there are a number of, um, metrics and data points that Google is not just Google, but I think something like 86% of all tra- search traffic comes from Google. Uh, uh, so you've got there, there's a number of different criteria that Google looks at, um, to, to create your site authority, your, your score. Um, and the having, uh, having one place that people go to consistently, um, so like one uh, site site authority is one of the things that drives site authority is how much how much traffic you have is how many visitors you have. Right. So the consulting business, if you take that one out separately aside, that one I could see why if you've got other partners and it's kind of like a different business. To me, that one feels like okay, maybe that should live over there. But if you've got one for speaking you got you know one for each book and then you got productivity intelligence those to me feel like they very much could all be housed under the same url in which case because you're not diluting your own traffic if you're managing okay let's again table the consulting site but if you're managing four different sites two for your books one for speaking and one for productivity intelligence you're diluting your own traffic by four they're they're going to different places versus if it's just um you know one of them whether it's your name.com or if it's productivity intelligence and i think that would be that's the conversation to have about which which brand would you which brand do you want to lead with um okay so that so that's one thing is going can these live can these live together the other thing is a huge driving force of search engine optimization is how frequently you publish. And so you're you're publishing on a regular basis. And so we're big fans of publishing once a week, which it sounds like you're already doing. Right. Um, and that does a tremendous uh, a tremendous number of things for you and enable getting you backlinks and, and et cetera, et cetera, which of course backlinks are the currency of the internet. Um, and when you publish regularly, people are referring back to it and, you know, Google sees that you're updating your site. So, um, effectively you've started doing that. Were you blogging on, uh, your name, your name.com? Were you blogging there before or no, you really just started blogging or your online magazine at productivity. No, I, and I was, blo- I was blogging on the, um, on the consulting site, uh, for, I would say for about four or five years, I've blogged on that site. That site probably has probably over 170 or 80 articles on it. Wow. Um, that I've, that I've written over time since 2011. Um, the Gerald J. Leonard uh, site, I've I've kind of migrated some of the blog posts into that are shared uh, a snippet from, let's say, the 
Productivity Intelligence site onto the blog site for Gerald J. Leonard um, site as well. So I've kind of intermingled them, but I felt like based on and previous advice I had gotten, um, I, I felt like they needed to kind of have their separate, be connected, but have their separate authority sites or their domains. Yeah. So uh, again, the consulting site's a little bit weird if you've got other partners and people that are involved right. on that. Um, but if you're, 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 you're blogging anyways, and, and I do see a theme with your overall brand. I mean, um, productivity feels the most, I mean, I know you're saying you've got this, you're bringing in neuroscience and workplace culture. Um, and you know, of course, music and like jazz, but really the topic, it seems that you're talking about is pretty clear that you're, you're talking about productivity. Neuro well, I am, but my books, like my first book was well, culture is the base and it's about culture and business and about productivity. But then my second book, which was published by business expert press is uh, workplace jazz. And that seems to be a brand that is because I'm working with a PR firm and that seems to be taking off because I'm doing a lot of byline articles and podcast radio interviews. Mm -hmm. Well, and even even so, um, they they even work workplace jazz is still about productivity and culture, right? Yes. Yeah. So I I I think you know the 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 question is always again. Uh, one of my one of my favorite quotes is from uh, a gentleman named Scott McCain, and Scott McCain is a, a fellow Hall of Fame speaker and somebody I would consider a mentor. And one of the things that he says is that mind share precedes market share. Mind share precedes market share, and what he means by that is that all of us are fighting to occupy a very small slot in people's brains. Everybody is so busy; they are distracted. Their attention span is shrinking. We are bombarded with with the hundreds of thousands of messages every single day. Right. And so anyone who's marketing a book, a podcast, a magazine, a message, uh, a business, a product, a service, all of us are are fighting for a very small sliver of people's brains. And the only way to have um, really a viable chance at success yes. is to aim narrowly at one thing. The more that we try to market many different things, the less likely it is that we will penetrate and occupy any space in their brain. Um, and what a lot of us do is we have lots of messages, lots of product titles, lots of programs, lots of services, um, and lots of different even platforms and we're marketing all these different things. And so it's kind of like if it was a radio signal, they were sending out a bunch of fractionalized, diluted signals that aren't going to penetrate instead of one strong signal that 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 penetrates and breaks through the barrier to sort of occupy a place in their mind. And right. so. If, if somebody is a fan of Gerald, which ultimately is what it comes down to, right? Is like, they're going to follow you or they're going to follow your work. The more simple you make it for them, the higher the likelihood that they're going to not only follow you, but share you. Because the simpler you are to understand as a brand, the easier it is for someone else to transmit your brand. Right. The, 
you know, so the more the more complex you are, the more the more uh, different messages you have and different brands and different titles and different URLs and different th- it's it makes it harder for someone to explain who you are. And that's that's one way that I always think about it is go. Don't just think about how would you explain your brand to someone? Think about how would someone else explain your brand to, to a third party? Um, and so the more we can give them one message, one site, one uh, problem that you solve, one topic that you speak on, the, the, the easier it is. And, you know, that's kind of what a, what, a, what a brand is. A brand is what do people think of when they think of you? Right. And I think... I mean, you, you tell me if this is, if this is true, I think you want people to think of you. Well, let me, let's do it as a multiple choice. So here's a question. Okay. Okay? As I, as I hear you talk and you know, I, I went around a little bit on your sites. Um, there are, I would say a few different themes of things that jump out in my short time, just knowing you. And, And this is, you know, I'm a good I'm a good test case because I haven't known you for very long. Um, So when I, from what little I know about Gerald, here are the big themes that show up for me as a a person who's just learning about you. Um, One is workplace jazz. Um, One is Microsoft uh, projects. One is productivity. One is uh, uh, workplace culture. One is neuroscience. Um, and I would say that I would say that those are uh, uh, those are probably the big things. Yeah. Okay. So if you got, I don't know, what, what, what did we say there? So we've got, we got workplace jazz. I'm going to write these down for myself. We're, we got workplace jazz. We got Microsoft project. We've got neuroscience. Um, we have a, work, uh, workplace culture, um, culture, uh, productivity. And then actually I would even add, uh, what do you call it? Productivity intelligence. Um, so those are the, the most salient, um, messages that jump out to me learning about you for the first time. And what I would ask you is I would go, which of those things is the one thing you want the, when the, the world to think of when they think of you? So right now, I would say it would be workplace jazz. Now, what builds workplace jazz is the integration of the four things I spoke about earlier, which is the integration of productivity, neuroscience, workplace culture, and music using music as a metaphor because it's who I am. Once you get to know who I am, you realize, okay, he's a professional musician. He's been trained. He's actually studied with somebody at Juilliard for a year. He has his master's in music and so on. Um, he's been in productivity, you know, project and program management for years. But uh, what I've done is over the years is kind of bring them all together underneath um, the one brand or the our brand called Workplace Jazz, which again, which is my second book. And what I've thought about is even going into my third or fourth or fifth book is to continually keep the concept of the workplace jazz, kind of like what Jack Canfield has done with chicken soup. You know, he has chicken soup for the golfer's soul, chicken soup for the 
for the, you know, veteran soul or whatever. Um, it would be the same concept of workplace jazz, how to improvise workplace jazz, productivity intelligence, workplace jazz, billion dollar beat. And so those are future books and things that I have in plan for that. But the productivity intelligence is a core part of that as well. So, um, and, and workplace jazz is a, is an area that I do a lot of promotion with, which I really don't have a, a problem with that particular website because I do a lot of promotion. I do a lot of branding, a lot of PR work around that brand. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, of course you don't have to take any of this feedback, but I, I would disagree with you if, if, okay. if, if you had, if you had fully surrendered to me as your brand strategist, which is what our company company does, uh-huh. I would say that workplace jazz is not what I would recommend leading with. And here's, here's why. Um, we believe that clear is greater than clever. Clear is greater than clever. And I will, I'll tell you the most expensive, most painful marketing mistake I've ever made in my entire life, Gerald. And this is how I learned because um, when my second book came out, um, something very unique happened. Um, we launched my TED Talk at the same time my second book came out. That was part of the plan. We designed that. Um, the TED Talk was based on the book. It was the exact same concept at the exact same, like within a matter of months. Um, my TED Talk went viral. It has four over 4 million views, or I think it's somewhere north of 4 million views. The book has not sold very well. The book is called Procrastinate on Purpose. My TED Talk, though, for whatever reason, when they asked me, because I thought Procrastinate on Purpose was genius. I was like, no one's ever heard that before. That's so catchy. They're going to be, they're going to be like, they're going to go, wow, I would never heard that. What does that mean? Um, But when they asked me for the title of the TED Talk, for whatever reason, I just said, oh, how to multiply time. Um, Because that's what the, what the, what the book is about is how to multiply time. So you've got the same messenger, same message, same content at the same moment in history. One of them goes viral. The other does not. And and I am convinced it is because of the title. Um, Because clear is greater than clever. Um, One of the most common mistakes that we see with titles is they need to be explained. If a title needs to be explained, it's not a great title. Um, So procrastinate on purpose, here's the explanation. Um, My first book was all about overcoming procrastination. That's, you know, a big part of what I've written about. So I don't believe in like procrastination, but the idea was if you could procrastinate on purpose with the insignificant things, that will give you margin that you could then reinvest into the things that multiply your time. Okay. The fact that it needs that little explanation is why it's a sucky title. And it's why the book has failed, even though, uh, I mean, I say failed, it's still sold uh, tens of thousands of units, but uh, my first book has sold hundreds of thousands of copies and it never had a viral TED talk that had millions of viewers that went with it. And it's not, it's, it's far outperformed the second book. Well, that's because how to multiply time doesn't need any expl- explanation. You know exactly what that talk is about. Um, and, and we use a test um that we call the I want blank test that the greatest titles 
will complete this sentence. I want blank. And if you can take your title and drop it into that sentence, then you have a great title. And so you say, I want to procrastinate on purpose. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But you say, I want to multiply time. Definitely. So with workplace jazz, I know that it speaks to your uniqueness. And I'm not saying that you'd have to like abandon that completely from, you know, all of your vernacular, just like, you know, we use procrastinating on purpose as, as a title. But for a stranger who doesn't know you, they don't know what workplace jazz is. It needs, I, I can't tell if you are someone who teaches music or if you teach something to do with the workplace just from looking at that alone. Now, when I see something like productivity intelligence, that to me is super clear. There's no mistake about what you do and what the value is to me. And so this is a real common marketing mistake that we make is we try to take the things that are unique about us or clever about us and lead with that. But when we do that, we risk the great, the great mistake of confusing the marketplace. Um, another friend of mine uh, is a woman named Sally Hogshead, and she once explained it to me like this. She said, what you want to do is um, people talk about like being outside the box. And she said, when you're doing your branding, you don't want to be outside the box. You want to be inside the box. You want to be you want it to be very clear um, what you do for people, what it is that you do. And your marketing and your branding should make it super obvious what you do. And then once you are, you have put yourself inside that box, then you immediately want to differentiate yourself from everyone else who is in that box. So to me, productivity feels like the box that you're in. I mean, you're a project management specialist. You're a Microsoft project expert. You're, you're writing articles for productivity intelligence. Um, and so to me, productivity is the box you want to fit in. Mm -hmm. And then the music thing is kind of a way that you differentiate yourself from everyone else who teaches productivity. That's the fun way that you do it. Um, so it's kind of like, you, you know, the, 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 the metaphor of music, I think is good. Um, I think that is special to you, but to me, that is the, the differentiator that you don't want to compromise the bigger picture of going, a, it, it makes it very hard for a stranger to come to your site or to spend much time on your site when they don't know what workplace jazz is. And they're also not searching for it. Whereas words like productivity, they are searching for. And um, one of the things that optimizes your site, one criteria for search engine optimization is also the URL of the site. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you, do you have productivityintelligence.com? Do you, is I, have that product, I have productivityintelligenceinstitute.com. Institute.com. Um, so, you know, I love that brand. I, I love that brand. Now, I, I, I don't know if it feels, I mean, you're a musician and an artist, so I don't know if it feels like too straight between the, like no, too black and white. And no, I, I, I created, I created the, the domain and I, I built the site. So, <laughs> see, so and I like, I like, um, I, uh, Productivity Intelligence Institute 
if that was a if that was your URL and then, uh, you know, I would know exactly what it is about. And if I were to tell my friend, I say, hey, you got to check out this site, Workplace Jazz for them as a stranger. There's a they don't know what that means and it doesn't solve a problem for them. But if I tell them, hey, you got to check out this site, Productivity Intelligence Institute. And, and they immediately go, oh, clearly it's a site about productivity, which is yeah. something they, which is something they want. Um, so I don't know how you take all that and whether and how literally you would use it. But I think you want people when they think of you, the, the highest thing you want them to think about is productivity and intelligence, right? Like you're, you have this um, unique blend of both artistic uh, ability as a musician at the highest level and this like very scientific you know i gather semi-nerdy like under deep expertise of uh, expertise of microsoft project and like these these tools and that to me is what your uniqueness is is like you've got both the technical ability and the artistic ability but I would use those as the differentiators inside of a box called productivity. And you want to put yourself inside that box so that new people and strangers can find you and understand you faster. And then as they, as they take time to learn about you, they see all these different things. And, and because, because by the way, if productivity is the box, it makes sense that you would have books on productivity that you would speak on productivity that you do consulting around productivity and that you are also an expert on tools of productivity specifically microsoft project all of that to me really really fits um so anyways that's you know i i I don't uh, hopefully i'm not you know overstepping my bounds but that that's what i see that's what i see for you in terms of how i'm processing all that you're up to Right. No, I, I think you're right. Now, in fact, I think the, the question started with, you know, driving traffic to the websites, but, you know, more specifically driving traffic to the productivity intelligence site, because from that site, I'm actually marketing a lot of those other things and introducing some of those other concepts as workplace jazz and, and some of the other things that I'm uh, doing as well. But, it, but uh, and my subtitle for that site is life hacks for accomplishing more every day. Yeah. See, that's super clear. Like that is soup. And that I would make that the headline on your site. So if it's like productivity, intelligence, institute.com. And that that is that that is that. Yeah. So if you go to to productivity, intelligence institute, you'll see underneath the name that it's life hacks for accomplishing more every day. Yeah. See, that's interesting uh, because I went to workplacejazz.com. Right. Well, that's the book's website. Uh huh. And see, and see, to me, I would have the books just live under Productivity Intelligence Institute slash books and just just house that stuff. Uh, I must have spelled it wrong. Oh, I did spell it wrong. Yeah. So I'm this is one I'm loving. Interesting. So I did not see this one beforehand. And that's it's funny because when you filled out the form, your email address had your name.com right and then uh the account the 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 site you listed for us was was workplace jazz and then when you said tell us a little bit about yourself you sent us um that one but i so anyways yeah 
life hacks for accomplishing more every day, I would make that bigger. That would make that the big headline um, because that is what people want. Remember the I want blank test? Yeah. I want life hacks for accomplishing more every day. That's that could be the title of your next book um, potentially. But I I think that, yeah, this site um, as your online magazine and you're pulling in content and you're bringing in, do you have guest contributors happening here? Uh, not yet, but I will be. But that's one of my goals. First, to build up the traffic and then to attract guest contributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I would wonder if you could just, I wonder if you just put a button on that site that says, uh, you know, bring in an expert or something like that. And then it's got like, you know, bring in an expert to speak or to, um, uh, you know, or for consulting. Because now it's like you're building this whole ecosystem around productivity intelligence, which I love. It's super clear. It's it's content rich and it aligns with everything that you do. Right. And it's like, you know, like you've got e-learning courses on there. You might be able to just drop books on there and then, you, you know, uh, our, you know, training. You might even just have like a training. And then underneath that, there's like uh, hire us to speak, bring us in to consult, uh, you know, Microsoft project specific, et cetera. And I think this this site is really going in a good uh, a really good direction. Okay, uh, I really like that, and I would uh, you know I would encourage you to run, you know run down that uh, run down that direction. By the way, I noticed on your on your um, on your book site, you've got a bunch of these um, you know like Bill. I know Bill Cates. Uh, and, uh, I know Shep Hyken and Jim Cathcart are all, yeah, these... I got a lot of, I got a lot of great endorsements. Yeah. Are you in NSA? Uh, I am. I have been in NSA. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do. I do a lot with Mike, Mike Rayburn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love Mike Rayburn. Yeah. Those are good people. Yeah. So I've been around NSA for almost 20 years myself. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, these are good. You've got Phil, Phil Mershon. You got some really good, good, good people on here. Yeah, in Brian, terms of, I got, I got Brian Tracy's endorsement as well. Yeah, uh huh. I see that. Yep, I've, I've, I know Brian, and he's a, he's a, obviously a legend. And um, exactly. So, uh, anyways, I love that. I think when um, people hear Gerald, you want them to think productivity intelligence, uh, okay. you know, maybe Intelligence Institute, and. Uh, you know, I think you, I think you run with that and you let the jazz thing kind of just be, um, a little bit more of a background, but in terms of traffic to that site, cause that site looks really great. Um, you know, guest contributors is a huge way to get traffic, right? Because okay. then, um, it's kind of like podcasting. The biggest reason to podcast is because of the networking. Right. And then the guest helps drive traffic for the show number one, just through their name and any search volume that people search for their name. And number two, because a lot of times the guests will share it, especially if you create the shareable assets for your guests to make it easy for them to share. Right. Um, you know, like I share almost every podcast I'm on, I will share, I will help the guests promote the show. And so the same is true with writing, right? As, as you have guest contributors, they're sharing to tell people, Hey, I was featured on Productivity Intelligence Institute. 
And that just is a great brand that is like, it feels very academic and, and uh, respect reputable and, yeah. um, and incredible. So I think, um, uh, you know, getting your getting guest contributors to share to to share will drive traffic. The okay. other thing is, um, on each individual post, if you're not already doing this, is optimizing each individual post. Um, you know, making it keyword rich. Are you already doing that? Yeah, I'm already doing that. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of the tool Keywords Everywhere? Uh, not Keywords Everywhere. I've used uh, Uber Suggest. From Neil Patel, yeah, great one. Um, yeah. I actually just had Neil Patel on my my uh, uh, other podcast a couple weeks uh, ago. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, so he that's a great one. But yeah, so you're doing keyword research, you're yep. optimizing these posts, you're seeing what people are searching for, you're writing articles based on that. Right. Um, uh, then the other thing is just kind of like, um, you know, to the extent you can take an uh, an article which is like your main asset and create, you know, miniature assets out of each one and post those as like teasers on social and then driving people back that to the too. main. Are you doing that? I am. I am. I'm taking small parts. I use uh, only wire to take snippets of the article to post on different social media sites. Oh, that's cool. What's I don't even know what that. What's OnlyWire? Um, OnlyWire allows you to post, um, say, take a single article and immediately post to like, let's say, twenty or thirty different uh, social media sites that you are part of as well. So instead of posting it each one individually, you basically gotcha. uh, it, it does them automatically for you once you set it all up. I gotcha. Okay, um, and then the other the other thing, which of course is huge, is video. Um, is video, uh, video content, of course, is tremendously shareable. Right. It looks like, uh, obviously, it says online magazine, so it's mostly written. Mostly written, written articles, yes. But you, you, you could probably do the kind of thing that even, um, even if you take the text and animate it, Right. Like that, those are become very shareable. Right. Okay. And so it, it's just like the words, you just take the words and make a video out of the words. Right. Right. Um, you know, and if you could put music underneath or some stock free, you know, royalty free imagery, um, that kind of stuff can, it just makes it anything you can do to make it more shareable. I see that you've got share buttons already on your, on your site. That's really good. I love that you have a Facebook comments plugin on the site. That's really right. good. You're going to get a lot of engagement for that. Um, I really, I really like this site a lot. Um, and I so like I think, this. Yeah. It sounds like the, um, getting guest guest writers now is probably the, my next best move. Yeah, that would be a good one. And then, and then the other thing, of course, is paid traffic. I mean, paid traffic, people always try to, like a lot of times people avoid it. It'd be either one, because they go, well, I don't want to spend the money. Or two, they'll say, um, you know, I just, I, uh, they'll wear it as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I've never had, I've never needed paid traffic. Right. But Paid traffic is the only guaranteed predictable source of traffic. It is also extremely scalable. It's a lever that you can pull to drive a lot of traffic. And so if you're monetizing your site effectively, either through selling courses, which, uh, which you, you know, it looks you've got on there, right. um, 
And so w- what you might do is have like a free training, like a maybe like a free video training, which is like uh, maybe um, like a video funnel where you give away a free video, a free mini video course, right. which is three videos of free stuff. And then on the fourth video, you ask them to buy the full thing. S- then what you can do is you can justify paying for traffic Um because you can monitor to see how many people are opting in for your free thing. So you're building your email list and then what percentage of those people actually watch all three videos and then make a purchase on the fourth video, let's say. Um, and now you can justify the ad spend and very often people will build one funnel like that just to recover their ad costs. Um, because then you can force traffic to your site and you don't make any money on the, f- say, the first sale, but you are driving traffic, you're, you're building, building your email list, list and, um, and now you're in control of your own destiny versus being subject to the whims of algorithms and luck right. and, and people's preferences and all these crazy things that drive free traffic. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll definitely take that into consideration. Yeah. Well, so yeah, um, that's, that's what, those are some of the things that jump out to me, you know, Gerald, I mean, you've got tons of credibility. You got a great thing growing. I love the direction of this, uh, newest site. Um, and, uh, man, you're, you, you're, you've got just a, a, a wonderful opportunity. And I think that you're really onto something here with the Productivity Intelligence Institute. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. That's what I was, that's the, that's the site I was looking for advice on. So yeah, Excellent. well, we wish you, we wish you all the best, my friend, and uh, we'll, we'll want to keep our eyes posted and we'll, we'll check back in on you. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. powerful conversation there with Mr. Gerald and really just practical, a lot of practical kind of takeaways and discussions, I think, in terms of what is driving traffic and and how do we get more awareness for what we are doing. And, um, you know, the first big takeaway, I've got three takeaways here for you from that from that episode or that interview. First is that clear is greater than clever. Clear is greater than clever. The mistake that I have made is trying to be catchy and memorable and cutesy. And we see people make this mistake all the time in all different size businesses. I mean, literally in all different size businesses. Um, and they, they compromise clarity because they're trying to be cutesy or they're trying to be clever. And they miss out tremendously because c- confused people never buy confused people never buy and and you just need to ask yourself does whatever title you're using or whatever um messaging or whatever the headline is does it need to be explained if the answer is yes it's a crappy title it's crappy messaging um if it stands alone and is absolutely clear now you 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 have radically increased the probability of finding success with that marketing message because a stranger can understand it quickly without having to think about it and without having to ask somebody what does that mean the 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 sooner and more obvious we can make it the more likely that we're going to succeed with our marketing messages clear is greater than clever 
Number two, use the I want blank test. The I want blank test. So for me, I always struggle with copywriting and I never really understood what did people mean by a hook, right? Like what's the hook? Well, just you ask yourself, does it complete this sentence? I want blank. If it completes the sentence, I want blank, then you have a winner. You know, I want workplace jazz. That doesn't pass the test. Nobody wakes up and says, I want workplace jazz, nor do we know what it is. So it, it fails the clarity test and it fails the I want blank test. But I want productivity intelligence. Definitely. That definitely passes the I want blank test It's and the clarity test. It's super clear and it is something that we all want. We want to be more productive. We want productivity intelligence. It works really, really great. So I, I think Gerald was on to a good thing there. And you can you can do the same by using the I want blank test. The third big takeaway is that paid traffic is predictable traffic. Paid traffic is predictable traffic. I know that many people wear it as a badge of honor that they don't have to pay for their traffic, but there are downsides to that too, which is that you're constantly at the mercy of algorithm. You're constantly having to predict trends. You're constantly having to stay in touch with, with what the consumer preferences are. And, you know, you, you, you're living at the, at the mercy of gambling, of knowing is any of this stuff going to work. Now, you're still gambling uh, when you're doing paid traffic and, and there's money on the table, so it's real. But it's it's less risky, but you can you in terms of uh, you know you'll get traffic if you pay the money and and you're gonna know pretty quickly what's working and what isn't because it's very empirical versus when you're going entirely with an organic traffic strategy, the the issue is you don't know exactly what's working and what isn't. You're trying to predict. Tr trends and preferences and taste um, these things that are 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 m hard to just measure in a subjective way there's there's not really an objective measurement i mean there will be in terms of traffic and things but um, again, you don't really know exactly what's working and why it's working. The, one of the beautiful parts of paid traffic is you can see exactly, you know, you put this message out there and did people click on it? Yes or no. That is super valuable data um, that gives you predictable traffic. Now, the thing is, is that if you're doing paid traffic, you need to measure every single independent traffic source so that you know exactly where that traffic is coming from and is it working? I mean, you should be doing that with organic traffic as well, but um, paid traffic gives you a chance to forcibly grow your business, to forcibly drive awareness and attention for your business rather than just being at the mercy of algorithms and consumer you know, preferences and hoping that things you know, get shared or go viral or whatever. So don't be afraid of paid traffic. Um, uh, unless you don't you're not able to track it that you 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 should be afraid of paid traffic that you can't track that is never a good thing um so you only want to do paid traffic that you can track explicitly for every dollar spent in what came out the other side um, but these are fundamentals of branding these are fundamentals of positioning these are fundamentals of marketing and the more that you understand these and and even though they're simple they are not easy but if you follow these things 
if you're clear with your messaging, if it's enticing with the I want blank test, and then you learn to, to put paid traffic behind things small at first, tracking all of it, and then ramping it up over time, you will get predictable growth. You will get consistent growth. You will get growth that you can count on and that will make your business bigger and bigger and better and better. That's it for this week on The Success Line. We'll catch you next time. See you soon. If you would like to appear on The Success Line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.